through the hourglass. Today is the longest day of my life. Welcome back to The Longest Days of Our Lives, a 24 fan cast. I am one of your hosts, Jack Bauer, superfan Mike Cushing. And I am another one of your hosts, 24 newbie Curtis Perry. And I am your third and final host and Jack's onborn baby, Michael Howard. Oh, wow. Spoiler mm. alert, mm-hmm. Michael, <laughs> Michael <laughs> Howard. Right to it. <laughs> well, we are about to start the two o'clock hour uh, here in the first season of 24. And uh, guys, just the witching we got- hour. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the witching hour. Um, before we dive into it, um, I want to say, so I've always felt a little nervous about this minute-by-minute format that we go on, uh, You know, I feel like, especially because I have to talk so much, especially during these like exposition-heavy episodes where Jack's not killing everyone in sight. Mm. Um, I get nervous. Um, but I stumbled across a podcast uh, last week where a group of folks watch the Lord of the Rings Extended Edition and break it down minute by minute. Every episode is one minute of the Lord of the Rings Extended Edition trilogy. Oh, lordy. And they Christ. spend 40, 30 to 40 minutes every episode talking about one minute of the Lord of the Rings movies. Don't do but that. What if, what if the things, they just walk for like a good 50% of that movie. So like, you're, what are they doing? You're only referring to the first movie. Don't Either be way. A dick. And the extended edition is probably even worse. How long is how long is the extended edition trilogy? Like forty five hours, approximately nineteen thousand hours. Yes. Yeah. I Give mean, or take to be, the to be history fair, of the universe. Mm-hmm. To be fair, when it serves this show, Jack has spent a significant portion of it driving. Probably yeah, about four hours. Yeah, a lot of journey. <laughs> Who knows here. how long that? I mean, if but this like, show was about the CTU team too. Yeah, think about the CTU team that was on a helicopter for a solid hour going three mm, miles. That's a good point. That's you a know? good point. Well, anyway, fellas, it's 2 p.m. David Palmer has just walked into CTU and demanded to see Jack Bauer, the man he still somehow believes was behind the attempt on his life a few hour ago. A few hours ago, Jack, of course, is in custody. Um, so, where does this episode open? Mm. You know where it starts. Starts right with that fucking. It starts with some aggressive, aggressively bonerific sex between Elizabeth and our sexy assassin, and uh, she's really feeling it. Mm-hmm. She's enjoying. <laughs> is, uh, she's enjoying that big bad angel dick. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? This is um, uh, this is on national television, like one of the big three networks, and they just mm, they just got right into it. I didn't even consider that. Yeah. I forgot this was on Fox. Yeah, this and was, like yeah, like nine o'clock. It was on like, network before TiVo, like. You turned on your, like, this was appointment television, too, at this point. Like, mm-hmm. you opened up to fucking. Like, that's not normal. No. In 2001. No. <laughs> television world. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure I saw this, you know, in in high school. And she's like, oh, I stumbled across something I'm not supposed to see. <laughs> I mean, it was bordering on Skinamax. Yeah. Levels of softcore porn. Yeah. But and um, I paused it when uh, when our sexy assassin got out of the bed because he kind of like rolled. I thought maybe maybe he would have flashed some dongle, but but he didn't. It's network television. I went I went that. back. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody missed it. Like we have a Tyler Durden situation. Michael, if Game of Thrones isn't going to give us dick, there's no way Fox was throwing dick around in 2001. You never know. I mean, 24 set the groundwork for a lot of future shows. I put nothing past Fox. 
That's fair. I mean, yeah, that's 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 very fair. Yeah. Um, but uh, before we see uh, anyone climax, we cut back to CTU where it seems uh, Tony Almeida is trying to stonewall David Palmer. It seems um, like our sexy assassin isn't the only one trying to swing his dick around. Thank you. We went from we went from not seeing one dick to seeing one massive fucking dick standing in the middle of the room in the form of <laughs> David Palmer. <laughs> but so he's slanging he, that thing. He is like, I'm fucking David Palmer, and you're gonna do whatever the fuck I tell you to. Yeah, he does that a lot in this one, and somehow it it works out. Um, so this is a, another weird episode. A lot of a lot of story development, a lot of exposition. But uh, David tells Tony that I can go over your head, Mister Almeida, and I assure <laughs> you there will be consequences. Which I don't really understand how a senator gets to impose consequences on like a DOD like sub branch but here we Thank are you. Um, um, i mean that, that was my thought it's kind of happening right now i guess no <laughs> you can't no. you can't approach a fucking nsa agent and, as a senator and be like i can ruin your career it's like who the fuck are you go well, away and, and once again point, this is though, a tony, junior senator yeah tony looks very unimpressed by the whole thing he's just like yeah whatever uh yeah. can i get you anything yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, throughout this whole episode, um, CTU, particularly Ryan Chappelle, sticks to the need to follow protocol, and David burns that all to the ground by, uh, you know, showing that he's very connected in the intelligence world. Um, so Tony says he's got to stick to protocol, and Ryan Chappelle, uh, is working to get Palmer clearance if Palmer can tell him why he's here. And David just says, all he needs to know is that I need to talk to Jack Bauer and I need to do it now, which is not how that works. And a little, little rude, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tony wanders off. He I don't uh, come into a- your work, David, and tell you how to put your kid in jail. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, David seems to have that one covered pretty well by himself. <laughs> He's good at it. He's really got it down, Pat. <laughs> So, uh, Tony calls Chappelle and says he can't stall Palmer very much longer. And so Chappelle just says, until I know more, I don't want the two of them together. Um, so smart. It's very yeah. smart. So after Tony hangs up, Milo, our hacker and apparently kind of in charge of all of CTU's tech stuff now, walks over to Tony to ask him what's up. Uh, and Tony just like, shut up. Tell me if you have any more intel on the three shooters, the backup shooters who are now in town to kill David Palmer. Uh, like we learned last episode, we had two names, uh, Jovan Miovic and Mishko Shuba. And uh, Milo says, uh, yeah. We have an Alexis Drazen in town. So, oh shit, fellas. We got more Drazens up in this piece. Too many goddamn Drazens. Yeah. Too many Drazens on the dance floor. You know, I got yeah, it. So they, so they didn't know that Mandy or uh, Creepy Snipefish were in town at all. But nope. these three fucking assholes. Right away. Just, they got them quick. They're mm-hmm. not, they're not so now they knew good. They knew what to look for. They knew that there were Balkan-related shooters coming into town, possibly. So, um... But so Milo tells Tony that Drazen is connected to the two other shooters, but he stopped in D.C. for a few days before coming to L.A. And there were a couple of other inconsistencies to look into and that he had routed the report to Nina's computer, but that he sent it over to Tony. Um, and we'll learn later what Drazen's stop in D.C. was about. And I got to tell you, it's pretty great for an assassin on his way to kill someone. Um <laughs> So, uh, it's now 2.04. We get a, our first tiny clock of the day. Please take a drink, hey fellas. 
we see a black suburban driving through the streets of LA. It's Terry and Kim driving with Nina. And uh, Terry asks Nina why they're going to a safe house because she thought they were going to be debriefed at CTU after being checked out at the clinic. Uh, Nina basically just says, uh, change of plan, bitches. Um, we want to keep you in a small controlled environment because that's safest. And no, Jack's not going to be there. He's still wrapped up at CTU. And Terry kind of can tell the whole situation stinks a little bit and asks Nina, like, are we okay? Yeah, Terry's got some intuition, we see, uh, in this episode. And yeah, no, you ain't okay. Well, I think if you're being brought to a safe house, it's a pretty safe assumption. Although, to be fair, they were kidnapped and held for a while. And then they were just in a public hospital. No, No big deal. Yeah. And also, so speaking of public hospitals, last week we talked about how, like, the terrorists sent someone to a hospital to kill Jack's <laughs> wife and daughter, um, like, within 20 minutes. This is not the first time they did this, by the way. Like, they sent Kevin to kill Janet in a hospital. Kevin? Like, Kevin? Um, like, they've, they're very willing to kill people very publicly in, like, a open, safe place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so this is important. Nina gets a call and she tells someone that they're moving Terry and Kim to the safe house and they'll be there soon. Um, Terry asks if Jack knows where they're going and Nina says, yes, of course. Um, so Nina continues to her phone call in the back, in the back seat. Uh, Kim asks Terry what the doctor told her. And Terry just said it was a cyst that burst on her ovary. It's not serious. And it would go away on its own. Um, Curtis, your wife is an OGBYN. Mm-hmm. Do burst ovarian cysts just, like, resolve themselves? Uh, I believe if they're not, it's a not major, um, then this isn't that big of an issue. I also did ask my wife if this is something that could happen via intercourse or forced intercourse, as it were, and it is. So that's hmm. an accurate situation that can happen. You can have a burst ovarian cyst. Um, and sometimes they actually just want them to burst so that they will go away. So if it's not a major one, you should be fine. Um, so I think we're good here. Now, how much okay. she was grabbing her tum-tum, I don't know if that'd be what happens, but there you go. Here we are. All right. Well, uh, on that note, we cut back to CTU. Jack is walking Alberta Green through his first contact with Ira Gaines. God, God rest his soul. Um, Jack tells her how Gaines contacted him via cell phone in, at the hospital and monitored, monitored him through a transmitter in his car. Um, and as they go through this, Jack just asks Alberta if they can take a break for a second so he can check on Terry and Kim at the clinic. And Alberta tells him they've already left the clinic and Nina is moving them to a safe house. And Jack has no idea, which is count, counter to what Nina just told them. Yeah, Jack um, has a has a minor meltdown. Yeah, he Alberta's says, done knew- fucked up. Yeah, says you knew they were moving my wife and daughter, and you don't tell me. This is over. I don't say another word. I want to speak to Chappelle. Um, and like I, uh, up until now, go ahead, Curtis. Sorry, I didn't like this from Jack. I thought it was a little chauvinistic. I think it. I think it was. I also, I think it, it. It was. It looked more chauvinistic because he was talking to Alberta. Yeah, but um. He's been, like, I think from even when Chappelle started talking to him and, like, last episode, he started, like, thanking Chappelle for, you know, covering him. Chappelle stopped him and turned the recorder on before Jack could say anything. And Jack realized that, hey, this is the game. I just have to do what I got to do. Jack's been a good soldier here. He's been very by the book. But I think as soon as he learned that, like, CT wasn't reciprocating that respect and playing by the book, like, they're fucking with his family. Um I think he flipped. Well, he's, he, also, he's someone would learn not to fuck with Jackson. Well, also, like true. Alberta, 
he he's already kind of feel felt like Alberta is out for his job anyways. Oh, she want that office. Yeah, so once he realizes that he might be being jerked around here, um, he's like, fuck you, I ain't got time for this I think shit. It just, it's just the way he said, now, Alberta, I'd have been like, who, who the fuck are you talking to? You need to you, you turn that down a bit, son, uh, before you start talking to me like that. Uh, you, you are technically under again. arrest, you yeah. honky. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, and maybe I'll, I'll give you what you want, but don't, don't you call oh, me. They sized each other up. And uh, she she backed she away. Back down. Yeah. She backed down. Yep. Yeah. Um. Which I think us will realize pretty soon. Doesn't really matter what she does or does not want. Um. <laughs> but uh. So she gets barked at by Jack, and then she walks out. And we cut back to a uh, sexy assassin and uh, Palmer's aide Elizabeth. Uh. And you know they're kind of in the post-coital glow, as it were. And uh, she says that she's surprised he called since she didn't think she'd see him again after DC. So, one, we learn that uh, Elizabeth loves to get down. Two, mm-hmm. uh, our sexy assassin only has stopped in DC for a few days to set up a sex rendezvous in LA with a Pomerade. Um, so we well, I assume probably... they also had sex in DC. Right, yeah, yeah. But he stopped in D.C. to have sex with her just so he could also have sex with her in L.A. Well, you got to get um, her hooked on that dick. Right. Yeah. Before Which she apparently, the secrets later. He and did. she He did. Yeah, she, this, oh my God. You're talking about a goddamn stool pigeon. She sang about everything. She is like, an operational security black hole. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Oh, only a few of us were told about it. So let right. me immediately tell right. you about everything. She fucking like gives away secrets as a humble brag. Like, yeah. what is wrong with you? So oh, I'm couple- one of the important people. So let me completely betray my <laughs> your everyone's confidence immediately. Actually, you know so, what? Fuck it. I can't even say anything these days. There it is. <laughs> Yeah, so she she makes a couple of points here. So, um, one, she says, I'm really not that easy, you know. And his response is, well, like, do you have another break later today? And she's like, she tells she tells him immediately, it's like, no, the senator is leaving the state for Nevada this afternoon. Only a few of us were told about it, and I'm the one of the ones who has to go go with him. Um, so, so just a security black hole. Um, there's also a shot where we see that there's a um, a handle of whiskey that's about one third full in the hotel room in his hotel room. This guy's just really getting after it on his assassination mission. I thought that was just a weird touch. Um, <laughs> on whiskey, too, so, from, from the Balkans, you know, you'd think it'd be vodka. You'd think so. But, but uh, you come she, to America, you, you don't want to drink the same shit you've been drinking. Mm-mm. It's true. He's this trying is, to I'll, check, I'll, check I'll, out the local spirits. You I'll, know? Give, I'll give you that. So, so she gets up to take a shower. And um, he has some really good bedhead. He sits up. He looks like Brendan Fraser in Encino Man, just <laughs> nice and tight. Um, he he asks if she's going to have some free time in Nevada. And she's like, would you want to come with? And she's, guys, she's really bad at this. Like, she's bad at, one, casual sex. Two, bad at her job. Three, bad at protecting the fucking presidential candidate she works for. Yeah, especially because he's already been targeted once. Oh, my God. Like, like that day, yeah, not like, six hours ago. You'd think maybe you'd be like, you know what, let me let me just not tell everyone everything immediately. This episode yeah. taught me that essentially if I ever want to be a part of a secure organization, I need to interview people and, tell, and ask them, man or woman, are you having regular sex? <laughs> like, just on the regular, do you have a partner that you can just depend on to, to give you what you need? Thank God. 
if you need it that bad, that you're willing to give away all the secrets without even being asked about them, good lord. Yeah, that's true. Like, he didn't didn't really have to pry at all. Nope. She just volunteered all that information. Yeah, just literally like, are you busy later? No, my uh, my boss, who is a presidential <laughs> candidate um, and has been targeted for assassination, is going to Nevada uh, to this Air Force base. Here's a list of his greatest fears and his schedule. Um, <laughs> yeah, this one, it wouldn't even work in a video game. Like you couldn't you couldn't be like answer A to receive the entire schedule of your assassination target. Like it's not it's not how that works. Also, my brother pry. drives a Brinks truck, and this is his exact schedule, and he really wants to meet you. So if you just randomly intercept him somewhere on his route, that'd be great. Like, think about yeah. it, guys. You had to, like, catch three henchmen to catch fucking Carmen San Diego. You, this bitch gives away everything. <laughs> and Carmen San Diego stole the entire Black Forest somehow, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you think you can track that easier than that. Um, but so it is now 2.07. Uh, she's in the shower. It's We got a tiny clock. Please take a drink. Um, so sexy That's assassin. two tiny clocks in three minutes, guys. Man, we are cruising right along. Oh, there was a mm-hmm. protocol earlier, too. So take a, take oh, a shit, second. Yeah, there drink. was. Yeah. Sorry, mm-hmm. fellas. Um, so sexy assassin is rifling through Elizabeth's, Elizabeth's purse. And she, he finds some document, and um, she invites him into the shower, and he complies very what sexually. What is the document? Do you think it's like Palmer's itinerary? I would assume so, which, again, I don't know why that's printed out and in someone's it purse. Could, it could the be secret the fucking sec- nuclear code with how, how good he is security. Like it's security. The Secret Service in this show is so <laughs> bad at their job, which comes into play in just a few minutes again by the way it's mm-hmm. absurd um, although i mean recently our you know rick perry spent 22 minutes talking to some ukrainians who he thought were uh were russians to be uh, fair that's not the secret service i think that's a diplomatic service has to guard that stupid son of a bitch <laughs> yeah and yeah, yeah the, the, people uh, are very gullible is all i'm saying well he, his degree is in animal husbandry just fuck and you to know, be fair his GPA was very bad. It was poor. Uh, I honestly don't know if that man could identify a horse. Uh, <laughs> like, like as an animal or just like he could look at it and know that it, it existed? He, so like he saw a horse be like, look at that big dog. <laughs> Is that a, um, how you say, dolphin? Is that a dolphin? <laughs> I think that's what they're called, right? We didn't see none of them in A&M, all right? (laughs) A dolphin. Anyway, so we cut back to CTU. David Palmer is on the phone with someone named Alan, and he's trying to uh, talk to a Jack Bauer, but he needs clearance. Alan tells him that he's going to call Chappelle, and he'll take care of it right away. The way that uh, Palmer says Ryan Chappelle, it would just like this, it's like an an extra level of dickitude just a like he's like oh ryan Chappelle, take him down yeah i mean palmer is definitely channeling the um contempt that the audience <laughs> is supposed to feel for ryan Chappelle, who is just a bureaucratic like asshole like through and through so i mean he hasn't i get done it. anything wrong this poor he's not ryan anything Chappelle wrong yet anything. but like maybe it's he said against jack now. He's such a no. He the man's doing his goddamn job. He has no idea what's going on. He comes into an office where his you know the the lead of the the office is out doing his own thing, trying to save his. He doesn't know what the fuck's happening. Spell's just coming in trying to do his job, and David just has this look of just the smuggest fucking douchebag on the planet. He's like, I'm gonna go over your head. Like what the just what the fuck are you doing here? You're a senator who's running for president. I don't need your help. 
I got this. And this, oh, hey, he calls him. He calls him Ryan. He yeah. comes in and he introduces myself. He says, "Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm, I'm Ryan Chappelle, uh, Senator Palmer." And Palmer's like, "Hey, Ryan." Like not yeah. Agent Chappelle or, or Mr. Du- Chappelle du- or Director Chappelle yeah, or anything. Just He's just like, yeah. "What's up, Ryan?" Hey, yeah, hey, my, Ryan. My notes here, Coach, say, "Hey, David, change your face, or I'll change it for you." <laughs> <laughs> I just want to put one. Of, I just want to put my fist right in your suck hole, buddy. <laughs> oh, oh, God damn it! Okay. You're in good hands, Curtis. Um, <laughs> So Chappelle walks in like clockwork and uh, Palmer asks him why he can't see Jack. And uh, basically Ryan just says, it's out of my hands. Agents under suspicion need to be kept isolated until interrogation is completed. We hear Which the makes word perfect protocol. Sense. Yeah, makes we hear sense. the word protocol again. So please mm-hmm. take a drinky. Yep. And uh, Palmer just says, even if I can help you with your investigation, which Chappelle has no reason to believe or uh, care about. Um and before Chappelle can respond, Tony steps in with a call from someone named Alan Opticon at the Pentagon for Chappelle, which is an absurd name. He is the he's the friend of the Transformers <laughs> and also mutual enemy to the Decepticons. Yes. The, the Opticons. He's just got very good peepers. Exactly. Um, so basically, Sh- uh, Opticon tells Chappelle to just give Palmer whatever he needs. He has carte, carte blanche. blanche. Carte yeah. blanche. And, At a government uh, agency hangs as up. a senator. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, as far as I understand, Alan Opticon said he works at the Pentagon, so that'd be DOD. Um, I think the uh, CTU is CTU's parent organization is the CIA, uh, which wouldn't necessarily fall under the DOD. I thought they were Department of it, Justice. No, no, they, the FBI no, is the DOJ. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I think I think they're the DOD. I think CIA reports they, the- So they said earlier that CTU was a military organization, um, but uh, I think their parent organization is actually uh, the uh, CIA, which has which, its own director who actually reports directly to the president. So yeah, you're right. They and the fact that it works in, on domestic stuff means it shouldn't be DOD. So this is all very odd. But uh, there's no one should be able to, from the DOD should be able to tell anyone what to do uh, internally. But um, yeah. Chappelle hangs up, tells Tony to bring Jack to the conference room, and then Chappelle kind of puts on like a very smarmy voice, and he just walks <laughs> over to Palmer's like, thanks for helping me cut through the red tape. <laughs> and Chappelle just, or Palmer just goes, mm-hmm, and tells mm-hmm. him to shut down all surveillance in the room. Uh, it says, this is going to be a private conversation. Yeah, I like I like Chappelle's very wordy, fuck you. That's what mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck yeah. you, buddy. Yeah. So, meanwhile, Tony walks over to grab Jack, and as he opens the door into the interrogation room, he just tells him that Nina called and told him that Terry and Kim are fine, and they're on the way to the safe house where two agents, Paulson and Breer, are uh, guarding the house. Uh, So, he then asks Jack to come to the conference room to see Chappelle. So, two things in this scene. One... Tony not being cool and does not give Jack a heads up about Palmer. Yeah, that being was there. really weird. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty fucked up. But two, I don't know, Curtis, did you notice this? So, in the car with Terry and Kim, Nina got a phone call and told people that they were going to the safe house. Here, Tony says that Nina called and said, We're going to the safe oh, house. Oh, I missed that one. Damn it. Mm. What do you guys think about that? Oh, man. Poor writing. <laughs> or do we got 
Or we got something things, going on. Things shot out of order. I mean, we know we got moles, right? Multiple moles. But I, but I Nina seems maybe. above suspicion here. You know, I like think, she's. I think maybe this might have been just a little production fuck up. Okay. We do have friends who work in that world. They Although happen we don't, all the time. We don't know that that Nina didn't call earlier to tell Tony, and then she got a call from someone else later. That's true. That's fair. Another production um, hookup. I, I didn't realize this. I don't know if we talked about this before, guy. Jack's watch does not look like an operational timepiece. It's a little flashy. <laughs> uh, a little over the top. Uh, go out and do some kills. It's actually it's made by Q. It shoots out uh, tranquilizer darts mm, to be well, used how, on your on your probably, immediate superiors. It's probably a gift from gift from Terry, and probably doesn't work. It's um, probably a gift from Nina. Oh hey oh we're getting um, yeah, that, that yeah we're get, that's going to come up later. I'm um, excited. So Jack walks down the hallway with, with a few agents, uh, and he runs into Milo in the hallway, and he apologizes to him for switching the key cards on him last night. He says, I had no choice. Um, which, so just to refresh everybody, the key card had some information from Richard Walsh, the agent who was killed, who gave it to Jack about the terrorist, and Jack had to switch it out on Gaines's orders um, and kind of fucked up Milo's uh, operation for like three minutes. Um <laughs> But uh, Milo says, uh, no problem. I mean, we all understand what you've been going through. Uh, so that was just a, a nice little touch from Milo. Just saving face. Um, so we were talking about what the Division CTU is under. Uh, I just looked up in the Wikia, which has never been wrong before. I can say that. Uh, <laughs> it says CTU was established after the first bombing of the World Trade Center in 1993. As a As domestic a, branch of the CIA, that's not a that, yeah. So that's a that's not but, a thing. That's not how that works. Any of this works. Well, so there's also oh, here's another thing. Um, said the counterterrorism unit was the Department of Homeland Security's intelligence arm, which didn't mm-hmm. exist before. <laughs> oh man! But that that's clearly Bowser, later. Bowser, what a Mm-mm. what a messy. Yeah, you can't. Oh. You're not supposed to develop intelligence or gather intelligence on American citizens, which is why the CIA only operates on foreign soil. It does say their their Wikipedia only, yeah, only the, does say only they the NYPD limited, gets to do that. They have limited <laughs> domestic ability. Yeah. Well, either way, the the org chart for CTU is a fucking nightmare <laughs> factory. Limited, of they, better, they better have multiple goddamn offices. So I'm thinking it's not that limited. <laughs> Well, anyway, guys, so uh, Jack walks into the conference room and he finally comes face to face with David Palmer, who does like a crazy, sinister turnaround reveal um, (laughs) and tells his aides, leave us like he's fucking Darth Vader. And also by aides, I very much mean Secret Service detail who leave him in the room with a former Special Forces soldier who they think already tried to kill him once today. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep, they walk oh, out of the room close the door. With, close without the door. a word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they close yep. the door on him, and then he says, sit, to Jack. <laughs> sit. <Yeah>. So <laughs> he tells Jack to sit, and then I want to know who else, with, who you're working with right here, right now. We're going to put an end to this. Um, also, I realize again, how goddamn short Kiefer Sutherland is. Very tiny man. He is like half the size of David Palmer. And they very do not do boy. anything. They do not do any type of Vin Diesel or Tom Cruise boxes. <laughs> Situation to make it look like they might even be close to eye to eye. Well, David Very Palmer's a basketball boy. star, Michael. So he's you know he's six seven, six six. Yeah, but we all know he's a liar. He's probably five ten, and he played he played like uh, rec league basketball at Georgetown. 
so much hatred. <laughs> Probably got some USA stuff. But um, <laughs> anyway, so Jack clearly has no idea um, what he means since apparently no one has bothered to tell Palmer anything while he's been railing and raving throughout the CTU office. Um, Palmer just says, I know you want me dead. You hold me responsible for your men in Kosovo. And Jack, very confused, says, you know about Operation Nightfall? And they kind of work through everything here. They have a pretty heated exchange. At one point, Jack has to physically bite his tongue to like <laughs> to keep from punching Palmer in the fucking throat. Um, and so he basically says, like, you think I want revenge for the death of my men? Since Palmer says he authorized um, the mission that took out Victor Drazen in his inner circle. Um, basically, Jack says what he's already told the FBI, that he only went for the gun to get Palmer out of the room and that his family had been kidnapped. And they realize that Palmer has not been told any of this. And Palmer seems very taken aback and seems to struggle with this, finally. Um, yeah. They kind of... Jack kind of took the wind out of his sails a little bit. He went in there ready to just like, you know, sling his dick all over CTU. Mm -hmm. And Jack's like, hey, hey, wait a second. Uh, I've been protecting you this whole time. I risked my goddamn life and my family's life to help you out here, friend. Yeah. So you can just take a fucking step back. Yeah, finally that smug fucking look disappears off his face and he just, oh, so this this is what it looks like to have a man who actually knows what it takes to defend his family. And not try to get them all oh, fucking arrested. Shit! Damn. So he turns away from Jack. Although and Kim kind of deserves like, to be arrested. Well, that, let's just oh, get to that horse shit. <laughs> or eaten by wildlife. <laughs> um, but he turns away from Jack and kind of like knocks his fist against the back of a chair. And uh, we cut to commercial at two twelve. We come back. It's two sixteen. We're at the safe house. Uh, one of the agents' radios say that the car has arrived, and he escorts the Bowers into the safe house. Nina makes an introductions and tells the Bowers that Paulson and Breer have worked with Jack for many years, which something just tells me that working relationship might soon come to an end. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay, this is okay. Can this is what I, I have two issues here. First of all, is one of them that there's a pool at the safe house? Well, they might have tile in the safe house because that's mine. The, well, the problem is that. <laughs> A safe house is supposed to not look like it might have federal agents at it. And then she positions a guard outside the safe house, which immediately says, like, hey, this is probably a safe house. Let's be honest. Well, what if it was he's the black guard, on- too, though? You know? Yeah. That's true. So oh, it's going to be extra suspicious. Yeah. Well, I, w- I was just about to say, because I didn't realize that, Curtis. I was just about to say, like, well, what if one of the guards was sitting on the porch drinking, like, sweet tea? And then you said that. I was like, well, mm. I don't care. <laughs> mm. <laughs> My I other problem. I made it a little tricky on you. <laughs> My other problem here is that. Jack has apparently known these people for years, but he participated in Operation Nightfall two years ago when he worked for CTU? Well, yeah, because remember, well, if we get to it, they had to put this team together especially for this. So it wasn't when he was Special Forces, it was when... They but he was kinda... director. I mean, he was he was the head of the CTU Los Angeles office well, and then Michael, just took a Michael, leave of absence Michael, to go to Michael. Kosovo? At no point during this particular season of this show has jack done his job as director of the ctu <laughs> right. branch but we just so. got, we just got done talking about how ctu is supposed to be the domestic arm of the cia yet he leaves his position at ctu to go do a secret mission in kosovo which i don't know if you guys know this or not is not a domestic part of the united states i mean if you're sitting at your desk as a special as a former special 
uh, forces officer, right? And you're playing with a little fucking silver balls in your desk, and somebody calls you and says, "Hey, kill mission in Kosovo." You're like, "Fucking sweet!" See you guys That's later. A good point. Going on vacation. Good point. Bye. And, yep. and to be fair, the way they have somehow established CTU, it is a branch of the CIA. So, like, it wouldn't be uncommon for someone to get called out of their particular role into something else to do a covert sure. mission. Or yeah, I mean, I'm sure people in the FBI are just being called just away from their desk jobs all the time to do secret missions. We don't know, man. We no don't. Idea. That's what I'm saying. I'm being very serious yeah. right now. And, yeah. and I mean, so, Michael, just, I mean, you've seen season two drunkenly at some point. <laughs> the, like, that's, this is not the first or last time that Jack gets pulled into a mission that is off books. What? Um, yeah. What? That's all I'm going to say. Oh, um, God. I thought the rest of this yeah. was just Jack filling out paperwork. <laughs> I mean, uh, to be to be fair, this one particular season should just... A, make jack accrue a mountain of paperwork that should take years and years um so nina tells terry and kim to get uh cleaned up before they start the debriefing so they each head to the bathroom to get cleaned up and get changed they uh, both look worried and terry pulls out the pregnancy test that dr kent gave her at the clinic and mm-hmm. walks into the bathroom. now we need to go back to what curtis said earlier there is way too much fucking tile in this place who Thank has you. a tile countertop? That's the grossest fucking yeah. thing ever. I mean, there was tile all... I mean, the, the kitchen was all tile. The Everything. The were all tile. Come on. Somebody works at a tile distributor and just got all that shit. Fell off the back I, of a truck. You know how I can tell y'all are homeowners and not renters? <laughs> I didn't I didn't notice a fucking thing about that tile. Also, Holy shit. I also, built houses, I, bruh. You yeah. Know? So, can I... Add, dude? Can I ask? I built, a, a, I built a pools, pole. which is why I noticed the pool in the background. <laughs> <laughs> a pool of the three of us here. Um, is that how you drink out of a faucet? How did she do? You it? turn your head sideways and stick your head under the faucet yeah. like a goddamn animal. Yeah. When you're three, that's how you do it. No, you get your hand, you the, get your hand under the, there. Right. Make a, I do the cup hands. Yeah, yeah, you I make a cup. Hands. You make yeah. a cup. Game but not like a weirdo. You just lick the faucet like you're my dog. <laughs> Your dog was hey, very My odd. dog's too stupid to lick the goddamn faucet. <laughs> All right, guys. So it's now two eighteen. Uh, we cut back to CTU. We drifted don't, a bit, don't Michael. You goddamn, dare cut me off. We're talking about tile and faucets, real quick. Uh, okay, well, now I'm done. Yeah, real I'm quick. Done. We're eighteen minutes into the show and thirty eight <laughs> minutes into this particular podcast episode. So, uh, where we learned something new. We so what cut you're back saying to- is it's going to be an extra long one, and we're going to have to charge double for it. <laughs> yeah, we're charging uh, for this shit of- now. You guys didn't tell me we're getting paid. That's that's not fair. Oh no, sorry, no, we're not getting paid. Mm-hmm. No money. There's no money. Uh, don't worry about it. I don't speaking trust. Speaking of getting paid, speaking of getting paid, uh, we learn in this next scene when we cut back to CTU that um, David Palmer essentially hired a hitman uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> through. Well, uh, it's okay. Through petty cat, through discretionary funding for his his uh, Senate committee, um, he was head of the Special Defense Appropriations Committee. So it's totes cool that he hired him, man. Correct. Yeah. So basically, uh, Palmer tells uh, Jack that the CIA had alerted Palmer that there were atrocities being committed by Victor Drazen in uh, Kosovo, uh, massacres, torture, ethnic cleansing. Why? Uh, the man was a monster and gained support, and David tried to go through the usual channels, but no one could move fast enough, so I contacted the one man who could have him terminate, terminated off the books. Mm-hmm. And Jack says, you mean Robert Ellis. <laughs> oh, That's right. Bobby Ellis. Bob um, Ellie. So Bob Evans. Essentially, a junior senator from Maryland somehow in charge of 
the special forces committee hired a hitman off of books to assassinate someone. Uh, it was a special defense appropriations committee. Okay. Push. Um, so why did the CAI contact him and not yeah. the president of these United States? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So again, a Senator authorized a kill mission, not the president, <laughs> not anybody. Nope. Uh, um, so Jack just says, so this is payback for what happened. If someone could put your name and my name on a list, that means they should be able to find Robert Ellis too, which apparently no one considers that Ellis might have leaked the list nope. and sold them out. Um, beyond reproach, says, Mr. Bobby you're right. Mm-hmm. So we cut to a very seedy bar in New Orleans, which is to be fair, the only kind of bar in New Orleans. No. Um, no, people are, people are playing dice. One of the men tries to bluff and say he rolled four sixes. What game, which, wait, what game are they playing? Are they playing Yahtzee? They're playing Liars Dice. It looked well, like Yahtzee. Speaking of Liars, uh, the man did <laughs> not roll four sixes, which to be fair does seem pretty st- statistically unlikely. Um, and his opponent laughs and says, I could see it in your eyes. To which the man who turns out to be Robert Ellis says, if you could see what was in my eyes, you'd crawl under a rock and cry. <laughs> So Guys, he's a real emo baby boy. I, I gotta ask this question, and maybe it's just me, but does Robert Ellis, who in this scene, um, you know, it's in New Orleans, seedy bar, he's sweaty, but does this not look like a man who would be sweaty in the frozen tundra? Like he oh, just, yeah, he no. just, he just looks like he's, he's always sweaty and smells different. Like he, he just looks like Tom Arnold's brother, <laughs> <laughs> but like a sweaty Tom Arnold's brother. <laughs> Because, yeah. like, no one else in the bar seems particularly sweaty. They're wearing, like, jeans and long sleeve shirts and shit. Yeah, he's just... Which, and he's fair, wearing, yeah. like, shorts and a t-shirt, and he's sweating his balls off. Yeah. he he He's sweating as much as the man in the first, like, the first opening minutes of this show in Malaysia running through the streets <laughs> trying to, like, get a call to America was, like, it was very odd. Um, little, known, little known thing, the person he was talking to, Robert Ellis. <laughs> Damn. Don't um, don't don't do that to me. You know I want to know what that guy was fucking doing. You're killing me. Yeah. So you know okay, who he's so, talking to? You know who he's talking to? Kim. Up. He's talking All right, to Kim. Shut up. All right, stop. Um, it's her. So, he was her long distance boyfriend. God damn it. He and met she, her. She met him on AOL. She'd do uh, it too. She'd answer the phone. Instant messenger. Oh my god, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Before before we get into more of Kim's shenanigans, uh, Let's let's run through this here. So Palmer basically tells uh, Ellis that he's with Jack Bauer, which bothers Ellis immensely. Um, and he tells him the score about Drazen. And Ellis says, I'm the only one who even knew about the mission, which, again, no one finds suspect. Um, and uh, Ellis realizes that it must be someone on Drazen's side that stole the info. And he says, I'll pull the Operation Nightfall file, which contains the names of Drazen's associates, and it'll take a few minutes. From a dive bar in New Orleans mm-hmm. in 2001. He puts a little <laughs> gadget of some sort he, on there. He, he appears to put a flip phone yeah. on the front of his <laughs> laptop. Uh, and guys, you know what? Fuck it. Like, if people got mad at Hillary's emails and this guy can connect with a flip phone through his cell phone <laughs> to classified D- DOD files. Good God. So I, I've made the joke before, like, where I'm trying to text Rachel and it just not, it, for some reason, not going through. And I take the phones and I, like, smash them against each other. And I was like, hey, talk, phones. <laughs> but that's basically what he did. He just took the flip phone and just shoved it onto his computer until it connected to the Internet. Yeah. Again, by the way, in 2001, only 4% of the United States had broadband. Uh, 
This man did not, but a few <laughs> minutes later, he has the info he needs. Oh, why is this guy in the United well. States? Too, Kush. Yeah. <laughs> why is this guy in the United States? Because he's retired. Two years ago, he was totally in the thick of it. Now he's retired and playing Yahtzee in bars in New Orleans? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you be? Anyway, we cut back to the safe house. Terry is sitting on the edge of a bathtub. Again, now that I now that I see it, very tiled. Uh, she has a pregnancy <laughs> test in her hand. It's clearly nervous. She checks checks her watch, and as she does, we get a tiny clock. Please take a drink. Mm-hmm. It is two twenty two, and the test turns blue. And Terry half smiles and sighs. And uh, Nina knocks on the door. Tell says, "Hey, I have some clean clothes on the bed." And Terry just puts the test back in the box, and she moses onward. Did you guys know and- from her reaction whether it was positive or negative? Oh yeah. Yeah, totes. Yeah, I just uh, if it if it turns blue. Yeah, well, not necessarily. Full, you're full of baby. Stuff, yeah. Is the are same. you sure? No, it's the the <laughs> so, branding is if it turns blue, you're full so of baby. Funny, <laughs> funny, funny thing here, guys. Right when she first took the test, the test I noticed said true blue, easy. Oh, uh, right. Which it really is. Um, I don't think that's a brand. Uh, so not a good commercial. When she checks it this time, clear blue, easy. Which mm. is a brand. Oh, pregnancy test. They they paid for it in the fifteen seconds between her taking it and yep. adding it in. Also, just letting you guys know. So Ted Paulson, is his pl- name is played was by Theodore Paulson. God damn it! Don't do it! Don't do it! <laughs> the the actor playing him name is Kevin Ramsey. Kim? 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 You go die, Kim? Mm-hmm. I ain't a fever. Right. You ain't gonna live too long, Kim. Uh, when I told you guys Kevin to- dies. When I told you guys to goof off this episode, we need to rein it in a little bit. We're 45 minutes in. <laughs> I was just, bring, I was just um, bringing some facts to the table, man. That was, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, fellas, we're so we cut real quick back to Palmer HQ. Elizabeth, uh, our sexy aide, and Cherry Palmer meet in the hallway. And Elizabeth says, they called me back in, said you decided not to fly out. Aren't we going to Nevada? And Sherry just says, apparently, the, apparently not. Senator needed to uh, wait it out. Uh, and she says, hey, call the Times. I'll do that phone interview in 45 minutes. And Elizabeth's first move is not to call the Times or to do anything related to her job. It's to call Sexy Assassin uh, and tell him everything about what's going on. Uh, and he asks, yeah, if you stay in town, are you going to stay at the hotel? And she says, no, they might switch us at the last minute for security reasons. And so as she says that, uh, Sexy Assassin is joined at his table at an outdoor cafe by someone else, puts a hand on his shoulder, and we see that it is Mr. Drazen, the terrorist liaison to Ira Gaines, who's behind the whole plot. So I think we can now definitely safely assume that our Sexy Assassin is Alexis Drazen. Mm -hmm. Um, And apparently, yeah, Elizabeth got zero Secret Service training because she just tells everything. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. like your first call after your boss tells you we're changing protocol because of security is to well let me call my booty call real quick. Y'all. Oh wait guys guys I'm getting a I'm getting a call real quick from Elizabeth. She says that uh David Palmer is really he he's really uh exposed right now. And okay. I should go ahead and I should go just ahead go and ahead just and check him out. Do it. Yeah. yeah. There it is. Um so we get some they hang up and uh Alexis Drazen talks to the terrorist known as Mr. Drazen now and uh Basically, Mr. Drazen asked him if there's any problem getting rid of Gaines, and they have some back and forth saying that he knew, Alexis knew that it was never a good idea to use Gaines. Uh, it says, fine, you fixed a mistake, let's move on. And we hear some ladies laughing, and Drazen turns around and says, she looks like Martina. To which Alexis says, our sister is dead, Andre, leave it alone. Mm. 
So we finally know Martina Navratilova. That's good yes. to know. And we finally know Drazen's name as Andre. So they get down to business. Andre asks Alexis if he's spoken to uh, Jovan and Mishko. And Alexis says they have their targets in sight. So multiple targets. I'll say targets mm-hmm. with yeah. an S. Yep. So we can assume And that it's not Ter- Palmer. Yeah, so we can probably assume that Terry and Kim are one of them, given the the guy at the the fake FBI agent at the clinic. Exactly. Um, who else do you think is in their crosshairs? Oh man, you know. I mean, um, Jack is still on their list, obviously. Right. Palmer's still on the list. There's one sweaty some bitch who could link everybody together. Hmm. Good point. And uh, that might come up in a bit. So <laughs> we got a tiny clock. It's now two twenty-five. We cut back to the safe house. Take a drink, please. And oh, uh, he Kim- also says he also says uh, Alexis says that as for Palmer, he will be dead by midnight. You have my word. Yes, he mm-hmm. he guarantees a kill. Which this is it's the first of two times this episode where people guarantee things will end by midnight. Jack which is good because one. that's when the show ends, right. which is helpful right. for us. I don't want any yeah. goddamn unfinished stories here. Mm-hmm. Uh, no loose ends for me, please. So it's uh, 2.25. We get a tiny clock as we cut back to the safe house. Um, Kim barges in on Terry to ask for toothpaste uh, without knocking because she sucks. <laughs> and um, obviously, instead of grabbing the toothpaste, she finds the pregnancy test. And oh, God. Uh, Terry just tells her that the doctor wanted her to take it as a precaution. And then tells her that she's pregnant and Terry has to one explain to Kim that it's Jackson not Eli's from (laughs) from two hours ago Um, Kim is like well how she's supposed to be like 16 or 17 right like she should have gone through a health class well I I mean to be fair I didn't go through a health class Mm. at any point I had to Mm. I had to learn this all (laughs) off books Um, but Kim also freaks out and says, you and dad were trying to have another kid and didn't tell me. And then she storms off like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, Kim, fuck you. You're the worst person. You're the worst fucking person. You took, your mother was fucking raped earlier. And now she finds out that she's pregnant with your father's child, which they obviously did have when they were reconciling at some point. And you managed to turn it into something about you, you selfish little Oh, God damn it. Oh, Terry I actually does hate her. She does a great job of explaining that, like, hey, maybe you should think about what other people are feeling. No, I was very proud of Terry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Terry has a couple. And also, like, Fox clearly had, like, some. I think they got money to make a sex PSA in this one because uh, <laughs> Terry is just like, honey, your dad and I use birth control. It's protection, but it's never 100%. And Kim's just like, Mom, whatever. It's your life. You don't need my permission to do anything. She's like, not asking for your permission, dumbass. Uh, <laughs> she's like, why don't you why don't you think about what I'm going through? I just found out I'm fucking pregnant. So I had I'm the terrified. thought here. So my first reaction was the same as you, Curtis. Like, how stupid is Kim that she was like, oh, my God, is it Eli's? Um, but then I, I thought to, to maybe like the notes that Fox would make, you know, when they see the script. Somebody was reading through it and was like, I don't think it's very clear here that uh, that this baby's Jack's and not Eli's. We don't want to be we don't want to be dealing in a in a rape baby situation. So maybe we should clear this up real fast. Oh, God. The amount of stupidity that I mean, I know the American public for the most part doesn't have it doesn't have it going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But to believe that you could get a valid (laughs) pregnancy test after two hours. (laughs) Uh I'm just saying that was it was such a weird 
thing to just interject in there when they were very clearly talking, going to talk later about how Jack and her were trying to have a kid. Yeah, don't, just, just don't. I, oh yeah. God, but no. So I, I think back, I think I thought at this moment, if, if my child had the attitude that Kim had to even question if I just, we decided to have children, you think about me? No, I didn't think about you. You selfish fucking go away. Get away from me right now. <laughs> she should have been slapped. I'm surprised Terry did not slap her. Yeah. You don't question well, me. That's not your goddamn so, position, okay? So Kim Kim tries to apologize and just gets the door shut mm-hmm. right in her mm-hmm. dumb, stupid, hot face. And uh, <laughs> we cut to commercial. We come back. It's 2.31. We're at CTU. Palmer's on the phone with Ellis going through names on the mission list. And Milo walks into the room and just tells <laughs> everyone that he shouldn't be here. Um, and David says, I cleared it with green. Don't worry about yeah, it. I run yeah. this shit now. Don't I run CTU, motherfucker. <laughs> so, um, Ellis is on the phone. He's like, Oh, hey, Milo. I saw you opened up some sockets to MI5. Socket Take a drink for that. Um, and he's like, That's great. I'm trying to look up some names. Uh, you're, or you were trying to look up some names and I'm going to help you. And he asked for Milo's login and password. <laughs> Who just gives it over, which, first of all, a couple of things. Milo's login is just LFN, which is weird. Um, and then two I thought he was going to say LFO, and then I yeah. was going to get really Two funny. little facts about Milo. So his character name is Milo Pressman, which is the name of the junkyard man in the movie Stand By Me, which uh, co-stars Kiefer Sutherland. Oh. And also, mm-hmm. Milo's password is Foothill94022, which is the postal code for Foothill College in Los Altos, California. What a terrible password, then. Very bad. So, Ellis logs in, and he gets some partial results and says something is missing. Um, and as he says that, he sees a shady character walk into the bar while he's talking, and he pulls his gun out from under a jacket and just kind of, he's very on edge. Um, he sends some filo- files to Milo as that shady character walks out, and we get another tiny clock at two thirty-three, and we cut back to Terry. There are a Kim. lot of goddamn tiny clocks in this episode. Yeah, take a drinky, and they're uh, eating a well-earned breakfast. And uh, Terry just says, "It feels good, doesn't it? Not being afraid anymore." Which is not how I would feel if I was at a safe house <laughs> guarded by two CCU agents. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. MBD. Yeah. And also, Kim says. Um, you know, she, she apologizes to Terry for being such a bitch earlier um, and says, sorry, I was I was being stupid before. And my thought was like before, as in every moment of your life leading up to this very moment right now and continuing on for the rest of the time you're alive. Yeah. Yeah. So Kim continues to be awful in this episode, even though she has one nice little moment and uh they decide to call CTU together and tell Jack that she's that Terry's pregnant. <laughs> right now. Right they now. They know he's at CTU being debriefed. And this, yep, this is the time. Let's get it yeah. done. And so obviously they they reach Tony and he tells her that Jack's busy. So uh, Terry says, I'll call you back. And Kim's sad because she wanted to hear his reaction. And Terry says, I'm so lucky to have you. It's like, nah. So Tony, they're at a safe house. Tony doesn't ask, like, why are you calling? Like, are you okay? Like, wh- how are you allowed to just make calls to anyone at any time you want at a safe house? Like, what the shit? Like, isn't this yeah. place supposed to be, like, locked down? Who, they, what, are they going to call the Domino's person next? <laughs> the shit? Uh, I need a pizza at my uh, safe house. Yeah, can you I'm deliver in the, it to I'm the safe the- house? <laughs> 
By the way, I am in the witness protection uh, program. Please send <laughs> some. Um, so basically, uh, Nina comes in and says, hey, Terry, we're going to start debriefing with you. Uh, Kim goes to her room, but grabs a cell phone off the off the table. I think we can all guess what she's going to do. Um, Terry puts or Terry gets on video with Nina. Kim goes to her room to start playing shitty music, pulls a number out of on paper out of her jeans, and she calls it. And we cut to Rick cleaning his arm in someone's garage. So just like Elizabeth making bad phone call decisions, Kim just decides to call Rick. And why (laughs) you met him? What was it? Ten hours ago? Like who? Fuck. And throughout this whole conversation, she just seems hell bent on saving Rick. And even basically, Rick convinces her to lie to Nina and to see to you about his involvement and basically say that Dan threatened his life with the gun. Um, I was so happy that she said, I can't lie because in about 10 minutes, we learned that is so very true. Very true. <laughs> and also, like, um, so. Kim says, okay, I'll lie for you, but you have to promise me you'll turn yourself in. (laughs) And Rick says, I got to think this through, which would be a first for anything from him. He says, I don't come from a good family like you. The system won't give me a break. It's like, I don't know. Like you're you're a white Thank you're you. a white college kid you're a white college kid dude oh, no. get away with anything I, I had to stop watching the episode when he said that I can't. yeah and then he says he says I delivered you to Gaines that's kidnapping they're gonna throw me in jail for the rest of my life and I was like yeah they should you fucking moron they won't they won't no they'll no. find Although some issue that he has. but Kim is a Kim is a cute white girl. And he kidnapped no, but her. Michael, they don't want to ruin his life with something like prison. That's he true. Think about it's it. To be fair, Jack is already like, I mean, Jack already saved him. Yep. You know, like, yeah. yeah so he's but got he's Jack not even on a, he's not reason. even an athlete. So I mean, uh, that's a good point. Is it oh, worth he it? was he is a failed surfer. I, I'm interested to see how many how many black kids Jack saves this in this series. Just gonna say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's um, a, we're going to find out, y'all. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Tell me. I'll say, I'll get to it. I'll see what happens mm-hmm. to it. Uh, speaking of getting to things, uh, we get to a tiny clock at 2.36 and we cut back to CTU with oh, uh, so Jack many and Palmer. Tiny clocks. Um, we get a lot more in this scene in the sense that Jack and Palmer are pretty similar. And Palmer says, what's incredible, incredible to me is that none of this has anything to do with me running for president. Nothing to do with the primary or me being black. It's just revenge for taking out uh, Victor Drazen. He almost um, seems disappointed. Yeah. And Jack kind of just apologizes that this is happening to him. And Palmer's like, you shouldn't be sorry. You're, you know, your wife and daughter were kidnapped and you're concerned about me. And I'm trying to put my son in jail. So yeah. he just so, realized he was a shitty father. Like at that moment, he's like, oh, balls. <laughs> yeah. So he does He does allude to Keith's problems. Just, I just realized today I wasn't always there for my son, which <laughs> is hilarious. Um, and you just put Jack your life and career on the line for your kids. And I, ah, uh, oh, shit. Mm. Uh, yeah, mm. and uh, our our warrior poet Jack Bauer says, "Being a son or a daughter or a father, none of it's easy." <laughs> and Palmer asked him if mm. Terry and Kim are okay. And Jack is that a says, quote? Is that a quote from uh, from Yates? Maybe <laughs> it must it must be. Yeah, <laughs> tread softly because you tread on my dreams. None of it's easy. Um, I'm a dad. Um, 
So we kind of get a building sense of dread from Jack because uh, Palmer asks if Terry and Kim are okay. He just says, I hope so. Uh, we cut to commercial. We come back. It's 2.43. So uh, Terry uh, is starting her debrief with Nina. We cut back to CTU and Milo walks in with a report from Alice, a summary on Operation Nightfall and some miscellaneous details. Uh, they start walking through some some names like the ambassador to Libya who I, laundered some guys, money. Guys, I believe that Milo put more time and effort into this report than he did for like the first 15 hours of the show. I mean, it's the first time he hasn't been snacking in every scene. That, right? so. that fucking phone it, trace was hard. How dare you? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, I mean, because literally he sent him this stuff like, what, 20 minutes ago? And he's already got it indexed in the three different sections with cross references. And he's got little like markings on it and stuff. Like, I mean, yeah. So, shit. Uh, sp- well, well, speak. Well, okay. To that point, um, he, he does all that. He puts things in, uh, Terror cells and uh, summary of Operation Nightfall, and then a pa- a report called Miscellaneous Details, <laughs> which apparently under the Miscellaneous Details, Milo failed to notice and failed to pa- call out that Operation Nightfall killed Drazen's wife and daughter because they were in in the bunker and they died in an explosion. That's uh, uh, that's stuff that may or may not be important. Don't worry about it. It seems yeah. to have caused issues for everybody. Yeah, so Milo's bad at his job, but uh, <laughs> Palmer calls that out, and Jack says, this is an eye for an eye. We took out Drazen and his family, and now someone wants mine. And Palmer immediately says, who's in charge of protecting your family? And uh, he calls Chappelle to get additional security added to the Bowers, which, from what we've seen of CTU's action rate, should take only between two and six hours to get additional agents over there. Mm-hmm. No, no big deal. There will, be, there will be additional agents by midnight. I can guarantee that. I can guarantee it. So at the safe house, Nina is asking Terry if she saw anything that could give hints about the terrorist operation. And Terry just says, they didn't really talk much. Um so Nina starts asking about Rick and how he helped them. They run through the whole Rick and douche thing. Um, and they start talking about family a little bit. And the interview pretty much immediately goes off the rails. <laughs> and this I is have the to best ask, fucking part of this episode. Holy shit. Terry, it was so, so good. Uh, if everyone at CTU knows that Nina and Jack have been fucking, why did they send her to debrief Terry? <laughs> because Terry... <laughs> So, God, she so, sniffs that out all, so fast. Yeah, she she susses it out really quick. Um, first of all, I do have to say one thing. Nina gives a very good euphemism for been fucking. Uh, <laughs> because uh, basically Nina just says that Jack told her that Kim's always a very level-headed kid. And Terry says, oh, it surprises me. Jack doesn't seem like he would talk about his family at work. And Nina says, well, sometimes at lunch he'll bring up something on his mind. <laughs> <laughs> and Terry, Terry immediately knows what's going she on. She knows that Jack, one, doesn't eat lunch. Two, doesn't ever have anything other than murder on his mind. <laughs> so, basically, Terry just says, you know, did Jack ever talk about me at work uh, when we were separated? And basically, Terry says, when we were separated, when we got back together, Jack said there had been someone else. And it was you, wasn't it? I saw it when we got off the helicopter. And yeah, Nina just, Nina drops the whole ball. She's like, yeah, we fucked yeah. big time. Well, but here's the thing. Like, I've seen CTU Los Angeles. Uh, it's it's mostly dudes. Um, and then there's just, they're just Nina, right? Jamie's there? Were, Jamie is not Jack's type. And 
Well, yeah. And and <laughs> let's say Terry knows that, right? She looks at Nina and she says, hey, you're just like a different model of me. Mm-hmm. Oh, a, fe- a fellow surfboard. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you got the hair and the face um, and you work closely with Jack. Jack isn't going to go out to a bar and pick up some some hussy. So he this had to be at work. It's it's not that big of a jump to go straight to Nina. Yeah. Correct. So so Terry asks like, "Are you still sleeping with them?" Which Nina says, "No, absolutely not. That's the truth." She's like, "Look, I realize this is a terrible time for you to discover this." <laughs> to which Terry very appropriately says, uh, "When do you think a good time would be? I have to take a break." And to be fair, this is this is all after Terry has said that like. They're putting everything behind them. They agreed that anything that happened during their separation didn't matter and they were focusing on being together. But she takes a break and walks out and we cut to commercial and we come back. It is 2.53 and uh, Palmer is on the phone with his chief of staff, Mike Novak, and says, we'll be leaving in five minutes and tells Jack that he has to leave. Can't wait for Ellis. And Jack says, well, CTU is not going to really let me work here since I'm <laughs> technically still under arrest. Um <laughs> Which Palmer pretty much just immediately is like, nah, I got this. Yeah, he's like, let's go. Yep. I got this shit. I run, so, I run this motherfucker now, so. Yeah. Uh, so he uses his carte blanche uh, to the fullest extent of that particular check and tells Chappelle that the this particular crisis supersedes any charges against Drac. And we get a little bit of... So Palmer tries to brute force like politics his way through it, or not even politics... He just tries to brute force his way through the situation, and Jack has to like clean up the mess a little bit um, because it's funny uh, that Jack is the one who has to try to play politics. Yeah, so for Palmer Palmer. Tra- Palmer just tells Chappelle to reinstate Jack to his former position immediately. And first, Alberta Green jumps in to say Palmer doesn't have the authority to make that decision, which is accurate, mm-hmm. and. Chappelle goes just like Alberta, please, which whoa, uh, basically just like almost tells a woman to stop talking when the men are talking, which pretty fucked up. Um, See, I took that as more like Chappelle is just basically he's a lapdog, right? Like he he he's gonna do whatever it takes to keep his job, right, and keep moving up. And he's already been smacked down by the DOD. At this point. Yeah, that's fair. But so Jack jumps in and just like, Ryan, just give me provisional status until the end of the day, midnight, and then take me back into custody. Like, you what know, does you can that do even mean? He's under arrest. What is provisionals? Oh, provisionally, you're not under arrest? Like, this basically, isn't, this isn't like fucking golf where you hit the ball out of bounds and you're like, oh, I'm going to take a provisional just in case the ball's out of bounds. Uh, give me a, give me a drop here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, basically, Jack just says, use me until the end of the, like, I know, like, like he said the last episode and the episode before, like, I, I still have contacts. Let me do my job. Then let me deal with the consequences. Um, so Chappelle agrees, tells Jack that he's going to work the case, and he answers directly to him, and then just says, good luck with your campaign, Senator. <laughs> uh, again, like still very much trying to play the political game. <laughs> See you later. Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there's a, there's a nice nice uh, scene between Palmer and Jack. You know, A hearty handshake, man. Yeah, you know? Palmer yeah. says he's, he apologizes for misjudging him. Um, now I realize that you are a crazy person, but you, uh, you don't want me dead. Yeah. Uh, well, before that, we get a quote from, from Palmer and basically he's not going to run anymore. He's not going to go to Nevada. He says, 
The one thing we know is that Drazen's people want us today. It's almost three o'clock now. The day's more than half over. I'm going to stay. Let's flush them out into the open and deal with them. Otherwise, our families will be looking over their shoulders for the rest of their lives. And Jack agrees, says he's going to follow up with Ellis, and then they get that handshake. It's the first, like, really good point that David Palmer's made about anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like... (laughs) He actually realized, like, he realized, like, okay, yeah, they want us dead today because it's the anniversary, but, like, if we aren't dead today, it's not like they're just going to go home. Well, my son will be safely in jail where I put him, <laughs> but other than that, everyone else is going to be everyone pretty, else is at risk. pretty upset. Um, so, it's 2.56. We get a tiny clock. Please take a drink. Um, Kim's being debriefed, and Nina asks about Rick and Kim, and uh, Kim just lies for real and just <laughs> pins it all on Dan. Um, and just says that Rick helped him escape. Um, and as Kim is lying through her teeth about Rick, uh, Nina gets a call from Jack and says that he's being reinstated and that they're sending two additional teams over to protect Terry and Kim since they're targets. And he's just like, that's not information that they need to know. Um, smart, very smart. Yeah. So, uh, he asks Nina to put Terry Nina on the also phone. doesn't even flinch at the fact that he's been reinstated. Like, oh yeah, no, that's perfectly normal that you would be under investigation five fucking minutes ago and now all of a sudden oh i'm back yeah um (laughs) weird um so so he puts uh nina puts tara on the phone and her and jack catch up a little bit and uh he said tony told me it was important that i call you what's up and terry decides to not tell jack anything which she clearly struggles with which just all sucks um and she tells Kim that it just wasn't the right time to tell Jack. Uh, so she walks away and we cut back to CTU. Jack gets a call from Bob Ellis, who's finally leaving the bar and says he can't locate the missing file, but he gave Milo enough info to look on his end, which if this show has taught me anything, it means he's dead immediately because mm-hmm. now ev- Milo has everything he needs to do to find it. <laughs> um, but he says, the more I look at this thing, the more I'm convinced this file was taken out deliberately. Although he so, gave it to Milo, which means it'll be approximately season four before he finds yeah, anything. Exactly. Um, so before he leaves the bar, he goes to the urinal. And as he's talking on the phone with Jack and about to pee, which is pretty rude, um, <laughs> we see the the silhouette of the the shady looking character who walked into the bar earlier and uh just when jack asks for an estimate of when the style the file was stolen what happens the old garrot wire shows up is it garrot is that how you say garot. that garrot yeah, yeah. Oh. Mr. i always Mr. thought it was garrot no garrot and mr ellis ends up yeah e- either way a steel wire gets wrapped <laughs> very quickly and very badly around his his throat he ends up off and, his feet uh, and- Game time. Yeah, he gets lifted off the ground and mm-hmm. he he fully dies. Yeah, Jack's um, like, I don't understand what amount, what unit of time is. Can you can you please repeat that unit of time for me? Where are you? I'm in the castle of. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so as he dies, we get a split screen. We cut to Palmer drinking a whiskey in the limo. The Drazen brothers are hugging. Hey, job well done. Uh, Terry is sitting on her bed, and then she falls over slowly and curls up. Yeah, man. Terry goes very, full, ups- very full sad. fetal at the end of the yeah. episode. That full was... fetal, and it's 2.59, and we cut to black. Poor Terry, it, man. It's like, too much for her today. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. had a rough day. Yeah. Yeah. Just just the worst day. She's had to be. Yeah. She had to be the only mother to this just terrible child <laughs> on top of finding She's out who her husband been fucking, and then being hard-hard, having a cyst burst, and then finding out you're pregnant. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, we, are, we talk about how it's the longest day of Jack's life. No. But, like... Longest day of Jack's Longest day of... Like, this is, a, this is just... I mean, yeah, like, it's not every day your family gets kidnapped, but Jack's used to this. Like, you know, he does missions like this. He's... Yeah. He's an operator. Terry is just a normal person. Yeah. Like she has like she has an idea of what Jack's job is. She even mentions to to Nina in this episode is like, you know, I know Jack's job is serious and he does this stuff. He doesn't talk about it, but like Terry leads a normal life. Jack does not. She's going this to the dinner longest. parties and, you know, having yeah. some mosas with her friends and Yeah. I feel really bad using birth Terry. control. Yeah. Terry's <laughs> got a Terry's got a normal life and today is Easily the longest day of her life. Um, but yeah, where do you guys think we go from here? The Drazens are obviously on the move. Uh, uh, probably one of the assassins took out their target in Robert Ellis. Um, so we have either Jovan or Mishko mm-hmm. still in play, which so I have was, to assume. I have was, to assume Terry and Kim are their target. Yeah. Was the guy who killed Bobby, was was he the same guy who walked in earlier that was suspicious? Yes. Yeah. Are we he sure? Was, they didn't show his yes. face. Because they he, did. that dude you could did see not it. look it was, like a Jovan or a Mishko to me. It was a it was a taller man, he had white hair and a mustache and he a black looked, shirt. He looked like a cloid, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he did look like a cloid. Um, actually, hold on. Uh, give me one second. Or a Clovis, maybe? Uh, <laughs> Like that guy, if you if he introduced himself as Mishko Suba to me, I'd be like, "Yeah, get the fuck out of my face! Your name is not Mishko Suba." So it it wasn't it wasn't. Show him, me what it says guy. inside of your cowboy boots, asshole. My name's Cloyd Bevins. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so it wasn't him, but the guy definitely did look like MC Ganey. Um, <laughs> I know who you mean. Yeah, uh, he's he was in. Uh, he was Swamp Thing in Con Air. Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, just. Big old mustache, dirty, you know, yeah. oh, dirty white Oh, yeah, hair. I know that guy. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so where do you think we go from here? He so went to the University of Southern Miss, which is uh, also Brett Favre's alma mater. You mean, you mean Southern wondering. Mississippi University? SMU? Yeah. No, University of Southern Miss. Mm. That's Southern Missouri. What? Huh? <laughs> 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 SMU is Southern, Southern, Southern Methodist. University of Southern Mississippi is a different place. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. SMU is is like Southern oh, Methodist yeah, or Southeast the, that's Methodist. The one or in, that's the one in Texas. That's the one where um where the guy killed five hookers. Yep. Yep. You're right. Yeah. You're Kev, right. Craig James, not you're Kevin right. James. No, Craig James. Right. Maybe Kevin James killed. You know, five I mean, because nobody calls it. Everybody calls it Southern Miss. That's why. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. You're no. Nope, you're right. There you go. Okay. Kush. Anyway, getting back to your question about what's going on next. Mm-hmm. Uh. So I think that yeah, Kim and uh Terry are not out of the woods. Nina's gonna have to pull some spy shit, and you know we'll see what she has up her sleeve. Because so far she's just been jacknapped and then left in the desert, uh, you know, as part of her outside the CTU office situation. So we'll see if she's got some, you know, some wildness in her. I mean, you can tell that Nina's tough though, because I mean she did take three bullets yeah, to the no, chest. Yeah, and, I'm not. And I think she's got some. St- I think she's got some stuff that she's gonna prove to us. I'm excited about seeing that. Um, yeah, the other guy. Who knows? We still don't know what creepy snipefish is. I'd like to kind of see if there is a hint of him or Mandy in the next couple episodes. Um, yeah, we haven't talked about Mandy. She's she's still there. I mean, all we know is that she has a job that Gaines set up for the summer. Right. Um, but, you know, she might be out of the picture. She might be coming back. Yeah, so at, do we think at, that the Opticons 
Um, the and the Decepticons the have anything to stop the, the, nope. the Octacons are going to find the Minicons, and they'll be fine. And they'll get all the energy they need, and they'll fly back to fucking Cybertron. Also, anyway, what are the chances that Ted Paulson and Jeff Breer uh, make it through the next episode? Zero. Ted Ted's name is Kevin. Kevin is, <laughs> Kevin is dead. Um, and then Breer? Come on. I'm fucking done. Uh, yeah, that was more like I kept thinking his name was Greer, but it's Breer with oh, a it's B. Just terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Breer. Like, no, like you, your your name was born to die. Like you know, like that's, you don't. That's no. something you say when you have the flu. Breer. Oh, <laughs> fucking, uh, fucking Breer. Um. Oh, I, and then so go back to so I so um obviously you know um uh Castiel here has. At least Sherry Palmer's entire schedule. So he has a way to get to David if he needs to, uh, because of his security leak, aka, uh, you know, vag hole. He's been drilling for a while now. Um, so. Like he's already in the same hotel as him. Right. He's got everything he needs. So he, he can murder David whenever he needs to. Or he could just murder Sherry. And maybe that makes David sad, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, and it's also. I think, I mean, I think Sherry didn't make him sad. Keith, he he wouldn't care. Uh, well, he and, would and, just be mad that he didn't get to send him to jail first. Right, right. And Nicole is not a. I don't think is is Nicole like that. Um, like like uh, Judy Winslow on Family Matters. She doesn't really exist anymore. Like she just went upstairs and never came back. She's gonna show up again, and it's gonna be a different Nicole. Yeah. And they're just well, gonna pretend like it's not a different person. She's gonna have long hair, mm-hmm. and she's gonna she's actually gonna be white. Okay, well, yeah. it's gonna turn out to be David's white something daughter. Something we we noticed last uh, last episode, Elizabeth, the aide who is uh, you know fucking Alexis Drazen, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she did give someone a bag. She did give a, a bomb away. I think um, <laughs> yeah, she, did, she did give a bomb away to someone, um, which allegedly belonged to Sherry Palmer. Do you think that's going to come back at any point, or do you think uh, creepy or not even creepy? Never Alexis Drazen having access to her bag is going to. Well, she gave the bag to them. How do you think Elizabeth is before? Yeah, but how do you think Elizabeth is going to come into play here? I'll say she gave the bag before she met Alexis at the hotel. That's true. And so it, it doesn't seem like she has no idea what's going on. So it doesn't seem like she would just give them the, the bag. I think that might actually be a real bag. There's a chance here that the Drazens end up killing one of Palmer's kids with a bomb. Uh, and then we'll have to see how he reacts. And maybe his voice goes reverse movement. We'll see. Um, maybe he shows true emotion because this episode, Jack made him realize what a man actually is. Uh, so... <laughs> I, I I don't know, but yeah, I, I think I think that probably was um, explosive material of some sort because Elizabeth's that bad at her job. Okay, um, that's a good so point. Yeah, so so one, we'll see what happens. One final question before we call it a night. Wait, I have um, one question. As before, you get to your that's, question. That's two questions. I heard one twice. I don't like that. But that was his question. This is my question. Okay, how how was Victor Drazen carrying out ethnic cleansing? As not a, like, government entity, nor a, like, he's not the head of anything. Are we sure? sure he, he was kind of, actually, kind of uh, he was supposed to be a military leader working for Slobodan Milosevic. Yeah. So really? That's what he did. Yeah. Uh, well, didn't they just kill Milosevic instead of Drazen? They, then? I mean, they, Bill Clinton they, did Yeah, do that. they did. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> did they did accomplish that goal, actually. <laughs> 
But why did they kill? But the, but so but what, Milosevic was. Be, so what, been so, what, so what I'm thinking is apparently they killed Milosevic, but Raisin was also a henchman and continued some of the things that Milosevic was doing, probably. And they said, "Hey, this guy has to go too." Mm, yeah, we okay. still have to kill Alcatus number two every once in a while, Michael. Even though the line's like, gone, and we we are very good at killing their number two. <laughs> like we've done it a couple of times. Okay, I get it. Yeah, I get it now. Yeah. yeah. Um. So my question was, Curtis, Michael, too. If you had to place odds on Kim sneaking out of the safe house to go meet up with Rick, mm. where were you at? Oh, I'm at. A, I'm at a hundred percent. There is no question that that stupid bitch will do it. <laughs> Uh, and, and put Jack's life in the line again. She's the worst. Yeah, thirteen hundred and fifty-two percent. That's that's a high percentage. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Um, all right, fellas. Well, I think that's going to do it for us on uh, tonight's episode of the longest days of our lives. It's been a pleasure talking with you, fellas. This is fucking we're draining. Not, we're not done. <laughs> this, this no this this episode was fucking. I so much hate. Uh, yeah. All right. No, I, I don't know. Is, I actually enjoy. I enjoyed seeing Palmer and Jack kind of square off a little bit. We got yeah, to see this our two titans. Finally meeting. I agree. Um, I will say, Curtis, strap in for <laughs> the, every other season of this show. Um, we talked about the, the mid-season finale last time. Mm-hmm. There, we are in the badlands of this season and every other season. Like We got probably two more episodes of I just like, oh, grim horseshit that I... Listen, I struggle with because I have to talk my way through all this crap. Um, but... Rest assured, in three episodes, Jack will be snapping necks and Thank shooting God. dicks Thank God. Because, right cause, off. Because I have two children, and Kim is the example of my worst goddamn nightmare of a child. Well, oh, well, and then, well, and then, and then David David Palmer's my worst nightmare of what my sons could grow up to be. Just these smug fucking douchebags who... Uh, well, I, 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 I want to say Palmer gets better, from what I remember. I, I have so. to say Kim does not improve. <laughs> <laughs> Also, <laughs> FYI, guys, I looked it up. Palmer is 6'4 in real life. The actor who plays him in Kiefer Sutherland is 5'9. So it's not. Yeah. He's not that okay, short so of a man. He's just got to deal with a bigger man. That checks out. That's all. I mean, 5'9 is pretty short. Well, fellas, thank you for joining me tonight. <laughs> he's going to cut, uh, cut us off again, Michael. I don't like your goddamn attitude, Kush. I don't like the cut of your jib right now, Michael Cushing. Listen, maybe put a Sully on over your shoulder and I'll be more inclined to watch your yeah, fucking Yeah, what are we watching right now? Ricky, yeah. Ricky in the Flash, I believe. A little Meryl Streep action for you. Huh. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's going to do it for us on The <laughs> Longest Days of Our Lives. Um, if you want to learn more about this show or our sister show, Trends in Low Places, which me and Michael do, talking about dumb internet stories, you can find more about that on goodbuddymedia.com. My mom uh, gave us the story about nipples this week, guys. Yeah. God damn. What are we what are we even doing here? It you know what time is it? It's one AM and we're talking about your mom's nipples. Wookie, no, Wookie, we're talking about my mom pee. talking about nipples. How dare you, Kush? Mm. I dare. Nipples. I dare, friend. Okay. Anyway, um so yeah, you can follow along on goodbuddymedia.com slash, slash blog slash nipples um or i think coolbutts.online <laughs> cool, sorry uh, weirdbuttsonline.com weird uh that will also take you to our our website yes um so yeah uh curtis how That's else can a true people story curtis it's 100% true if you go to weirdbuttsonline.com we own that domain it will take you to goodbuddymedia.com <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> 
Curtis Howell Ren Stimpy as a kid? No, don't ask me the question, Coach. I had to get question rash for you. Did you ever watch oh, Ren and Stimpy boy. when you were younger? I did when I could. I had to sneak out of my episode, room to watch it late at night. an episode when Ren and Stimpy were salesmen and Ren's line was, Please, sir, all I want to do is sell you some rubber nipples. <laughs> I remember that one. They're putting nip, rubber nipples on like their knees. Yep. And their elbows and shit, yeah. Please, yeah. sir. All I want to do is finish this episode and go to sleep. <laughs> mm. Okay. Curtis. You want me to do the thing? Do, Curtis, do, how do, else can people help out the show? Guys, if you want to help us out, go ahead and subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Addict. Uh, go Find us on there. Um, search for us and find us under Good Buddy Media uh, to look for both of our shows. Subscribe, rate, and review us. That helps us move up the charts and become a podcast juggernaut. Michael, how can they look for us on social media? Yeah, you can find us at L D O O. Wait, nope, too many L, too many O's. L D O O L cast uh, on Twitter and the Facebooks. Um, and the best thing you can do is when we uh, post something about the show, um, especially the the you know the episode link. If you could share that with all of your fine fine friends, um, and to everyone who has been sharing us, um, we are so grateful to you. We have uh, been gaining listeners, and it's been awesome. Um, it's still incredible to me that that people listen to us, uh, you know, without us having to force them to do it which is pretty great so um please continue to share uh like our posts um you know comment on them if there's something you want to see on the show please let us know um you can uh we have a an email address goodbuddymedia at gmail.com that you can send your thoughts um about this show or uh trends in low places or maybe a show we haven't started doing yet you're like hey we really want to hear these guys talk about something um you know let us know yeah. So, uh, everyone, thanks for joining us tonight. And, uh, Michael and Curtis, thank you very much for joining me. I can't wait to do it next time. Peace Love out. you guys. Love you too. Fellas, we're running out of time. Toodles. Hee <laughs> hee.